Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 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 thanking you for who you are. God, not just for who you are, but what you've done. What you continue to do in our lives. Father, as we come into this preaching moment, I ask that you would be with us. Speak a word now that uh, we may be able to live better be better for you bear that light in a dark and tasteless world God help me to preach it's in Jesus name we pray amen amen if you're glad to be in God's house won't you give God praise today amen, amen. I must admit 
I feel like the songwriter, I am tired, weak and worn, but I'm grateful to be considered to preach God's gospel to our church family today. Uh, let's celebrate our pastor this morning. Come on, let's give God praise. Amen. Amen. He's our leader, and uh, we thank God for him. Uh, we, we're just not able to do what we can do, or what we do without a without the help and guidance of such a mighty man of God like our pastor. And so we're just so grateful that God has placed us uh, under his leadership. Let's run to the, to the word of God, Joshua chapter number 14. Verse number six. Here the word of the Lord says, the descendants of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know what the Lord promised Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me, and I was 40 years old when Moses, the Lord's servant, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to scout the land, and I brought back an honest report. My brothers who went with me caused the people's heart to melt with fear, but I remained loyal to the Lord my God. On that day moment, Moses promised me the land where you have set foot will be an inheritance for you and your descendants forever because you have remained loyal to the Lord my God. As you see, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years, as he promised since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was journeying in the wilderness. Here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. My strength for battle and for daily tasks is now as it was then. So with this in mind, so give me this mountain. Give me this hill country. The Lord promised me on that day. The Bible says in verse 13, Joshua blessed Caleb to receive Mount Hebron, his inheritance. For a few minutes of your time this morning, I want to talk from the subject, how to live now so that you won't have regrets later. <clears throat> if I was in around my grandmother, some of her friends, they would say, if I knew then what I know now, I would do things differently. And that is the often adage that falls upon us, uh, that what we know now, uh, we wished we would have known then. Uh, and which suggests unto us that there's a fierce urgency attached to right now because later is yet on its way. And so I want to deal with this today as we look at principles from the book of Joshua chapter 14 on how we can live now in order to uh, make a difference later or not have any regrets later. 
My brothers and my sisters, as we engage in this passage of scripture, we are divinely seated and positioned on the profound pages of what is known as biblical history literature, uh, which is given to us from the book of Joshua. Uh, the, when we get to Joshua, the Bible lets us know that uh, we're not very sure of who is concretely or exclusively the writer of this book uh, because, because he doesn't necessarily outright say it. But it is widely believed that the anonymous writer here is Joshua. So when we arrive at our text today, we are purposely positioned on the providential pages of promise as the children of Israel are finally entering into Canaan the land that flows with milk and honey. After several years in pursuit of this promised land, coupled with 40 years of a wilderness experience, Israel is finally ready to possess that which God had promised them some time ago. Israel is getting ready to possess that promised land, that, that place that flows with milk and honey. And as this chapter opens up and God begins making good on his promise, Joshua in his old age stands as the faithful leader who is tasked with the responsibility of distributing the land to the inhabitants, just as God has instructed of him. Scripture lets us know that while this is well underway, we are introduced and reintroduced to a man by the name of Caleb. Caleb is by no means a stranger to this storyline because if we look over Israel's history, we will find that Caleb was one of the 12 representatives, the 12 spies. Uh, he represented the uh, he was a representative for the tribe of Judah and uh, he was he was their representative to go in to see just what God had promised them in this land they call Cana, Canaan. And so uh, the Bible lets us know that back then in that moment and in that time, God saw something different about Caleb. God saw something uh, that was that was different from from the other 10 spies between him and Joshua and that was that Caleb had a different spirit and not only did he have a, a different spirit but Caleb had a trust in God that followed God wholeheartedly Caleb 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 had 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 this 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 different spirit about him that God saw some 45 years ago and now Caleb is an old man He's an old man now, and, and as they are in the promise, uh, 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 Moses has promised this land to, to Joshua, and Joshua and, and, and Joshua has to give that promise to Caleb. Uh, he tells him, he says, listen, I'm, I'm getting ready to, to give out this promised land, and he's dividing it up, and the Bible says that when we get to this chapter today, Caleb steps forward. Give me this mountain. God promised it to me some 45 years ago. Caleb in our text today serves as an object lesson of one who has history with God, one who has help from God, and one who has hope in God. And so I want to deal with Caleb as our object lesson because Caleb shows us that if you live your life that in a way that pleases God now, you won't have regrets later. And so the first thing I would 
venture to tell you is that if you're going to do this, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to be brave enough to be the minority. Got to be brave enough to be the minority. The Bible says that as Joshua is dividing up the land to the inhabitants of Israel, that Caleb approaches Joshua by way of inviting Joshua on a journey of remembrance. As I paraphrase, Caleb says to him, Joshua, you know what God said and what, what God promised to our, our leader Moses concerning you and me. It was some 40 years ago that we uh, uh, traveled to this very same place and we stayed here 40 days, which is two days shy of six weeks to spy, to survey and see just what God had in store for the Israelites. Caleb said to Joshua, while the other ones chose uh, to doubt God based off of the giants and opposition that they saw, I chose to trust God because I believed in what he said. While the other spies chose to generate and communicate fear into the hearts of the people, Joshua, you and I were the ones who held on to faith. Caleb said to Joshua, we were the minority. Amidst those who were the majority and, and I chose to take a stand Quiet the people Contest doubt, disbelief And even despair As the people grumbled in fear And conspired to commit harm By stoning yeah, yeah. Caleb said we were The minority And Caleb and Joshua shows us Children of God That, that, that there are times that will come in your life Where you've got to be brave enough To be the minority that there's going to come a time where you're going to have to be courageous and fearless and resolute enough to, to say that even though it may not be conventional, commonly expressed, or widely accepted, sometimes you will have to be the minority. And while it may not be the trend or acquiesce to the tempo of, of the day, you've got to be brave enough to be the minority. And while, brothers and sisters, your stance may be unpopular and unappealing to your peers, your partners and your pals be brave enough to be the minority make the decision to stand silent, firm, unwavering and, 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 and realizing that when you don't take a stand you inadvertently open up the door for the devil to plant seeds and take advantage of what you believe and what God wants to do in you and through your life and so I urge you today, uh, brothers and sisters, get clear on your footing and where you stand and hold your position, realizing that you don't have to go along to get along because your aim and your premise is to please God, to live for God, and ultimately to see the promise of God come to pass in your life. So brothers and sisters, we've got to learn to be the minority. How do you do that? You do that by strengthening your no to Satan, by, by, by sustaining, but then by, by sustaining your surrender and your yes to God. Uh, uh, because God is faithful. God is faithful. You've got to stand. I hear my grandmama now. My grandmama would tell me something along these lines. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And then I hear John P. Key writing on to that very 
same logic. He said, stand for holiness, stand for righteousness, and be counted all above all men who shall reign with him. Stand when your friends are gone. Stand when you're all alone and believe he shall receive his own. I press further. The apostle Paul says in Ephesians 6 and 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, hallelujah, against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, of, against rulers and darkness of, darkness of this world uh, and spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. That ain't all the Bible got to say about that. Psalms 31 and 24 says, be strong in the Lord and be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. All that hope in the Lord. So be the minority. Trust God with your bravery. Trust God with your belief. Trust God with your boldness. Trust God with your brilliance. Realizing that when you are the minority, not only are you trusting God, you are honoring God. Honor God by respecting your elders. Honor God by doing the best you can in your schoolwork and extracurricular activities. Honor God by thinking and counting the cost of a situation before making a decision that might disrupt the plan of God for your life. Honor God by surrounding people in your life who love God enough and love you enough to hold you accountable and want to hear it whether you want to hear it or not. Honor God enough by confronting negativity, injustice, racial systematic inequality. Honor God by not allowing your future to be held captive by your past or your present. Honor God with your life. Be the minority take the stand and give God all of you for, for the better path uh, I'm gonna just take my time so you'll take the clock down huh? uh, so, so for, for, for the better part of life of my life uh, I have chosen uh, to be uh, I, I've had to be the minority for the better part of my life because when God calls you to preach, you don't necessarily pick poor course of life uh, or, or your steps. God, God just kind of puts this chain around your neck and you, you walk where he goes and you tell him what, you know, he, that, that, that's how that go. You know, you're, you're always, always the minority. Can't go everywhere. Can't be around certain people. Folks don't understand you, this, all that other stuff. And so, uh, so when I was pledging Alpha, the, the uh, greatest fraternity known to man, uh, Hallelujah. Uh, we were in the midst of a process. We were missing that process, and uh, uh, the brothers would have an uh, a annual party. I, I remember it because I was two weeks away from ordination, and uh, I told the brothers I wasn't going. And uh, uh, we, 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 were, we were told to have discretion, and, I, and if, I told, if I was at the party two weeks before ordination, I didn't even know if I was going to be an alpha for real, for real at that point. You know, we still had some time to go. And so they wanted us at the party to buy, buy the brothers stuff and do stuff for the brothers and all this other stuff. And uh, I decided I was not going. <laughs> Wasn't going. And uh, they, they, they then uh, had the party and, uh, and came uh, the next night. Uh, we are PT and getting ready for whatever we're getting ready for. And... Uh, 
Dean says, raise your hand if you didn't go to the party last night. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Loud, not to lie. <laughs> so I raised my hand because he already knew. He goes down the line, why weren't you at the party? I had to work. Why weren't you at the party? All I had to do is, Pastor Jenkins, why weren't you at the party? Sir, I have ordination in two weeks. I've been working all this time to get the ordination. I'm not going to let no alpha or alpha party stop me from getting ordination. All my life I've been a preacher. I hear you, Mr. Jenkins. That's selfish. So your brothers are going to have to work out extra because you chose not to go to the party. Every exercise, they look at me in my face and have to say these words, thank you, Cam. Thank you, Cam. They're, they're jogging. They're, they're getting tired. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Cam. Agonized. I said, well, well Dean, at least let me get in with them. He said, no, do what you did last night. Give them, get them some popcorn. He said, get him a drink. He looks like a ginger ale guy, and I am. And he said, I sit back, and I realized that what was happening in that moment means different then than it does today. My line brother called me and said, man, I remember. They call it Cool Cam Night. So cool he can't go to clubs. So... And so I remember that night. He said, man, you remember Cool Cam Night? I said, yeah, how could I forget? He said, you taught us then it was a consequence. Now it's a concept. He said, while we were saying thank you, Cam, he said, Dean thought he was being spiteful. He said, but what, what was happening was while you were receiving the consequence, we were receiving a concept. He said, thank you, Cam, means something totally different today than when it did then. He said, I've got a decision to make today. And he said, and I have to be the minority. And so I call you on the phone today to say, thank you, Cam. So be the minority even when consequences are attached to it. I, I, I press forward, but 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 if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna live a life with no regrets, you, you, you got to do that. But then, secondly, you have to believe in God enough to follow Him wholeheartedly. Follow Him wholeheartedly. Caleb continues in this conversation with Joshua, and he tells him, he says that uh, while others chose, uh, who as the minority chose to be uh, uh, doubtful of God, I chose the road less traveled by. I, I chose to remain loyal to God and the text says that Caleb made the decision to follow God wholeheartedly. And, and this is significant because Caleb not only gave God his hand, he gave God his heart. And he trusted God to lead him into the promise even though that was visual, verbal, and felt opposition. The Bible is clear that Caleb's secret to his success was that he wholly, fully, totally, completely, and entirely follow God. Matter of fact, we see that some six times in the scripture that he says, Caleb, holy, H-W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, followed 
God. And that word holy in, in, the, in the Hebrew is all heart. He, it gives the idea of somebody who is consecrated to God. And, and, and so, so with this being Caleb's reality, it's safe for us to say that Caleb gave his whole self to God by following after him with a settled faith, an uncluttered and uncompromised trust in God. He gave God an undivided heart. Caleb was devoted and fully committed to God from day one. Caleb, uh, Caleb's faith in God shows us that he believed God and for that reason he was consecrated to God. And all oh, my brothers and sisters, uh, that, that, that's what we, we need to realize that, that trusting God, following God means that we have true obedience to God. God wants true devotion. God wants true devotion, which means you've got to be all in and sold out. Let me say it again. God wants true devotion, which means you've got to be all in and sold out. God, God, God wants us to know you can straddle the fence with him because God desires to lead you in all difficulties, in all seasons, in all problems, in all circumstances and pilgrimages of your life. Yes, church, it matters how you follow God. It matters how God, you allow God to lead you. It matters how how, how, how you respond to where God takes you. Matter of fact, brothers and sisters, when you, well, our problem is, our problem is not with God leading. Our problem is always with us following. And the question is, it's not, the question is not his faithfulness. The question is about your fellowship. Brothers and sisters, our problem is, we think that God, we treat God like a child support custody case. Well, God does not want weekends. He wants full custody. And all brothers and sisters, God wants to be included in all of your affairs and all of your troubles, all of your trials. But you can't get to a place like that if you're always reducing your commitment to Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Being a borderline CME Christian who only responds to Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. True devotion goes the distance with God. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, go the distance with God. Come on, scream it. Go the distance with God. And all my brothers and sisters, I, 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 when you've got true devotion, you give God a greater commitment, a greater faith, a greater hallelujah, a greater praise, a greater prayer life when you want to go the distance with God. And all brothers, and I hear my grandmama in my ear saying, let Jesus lead you. Let Jesus lead you. Let Jesus lead you all. Then she'll go on and say, he's a mighty good leader. Then she'll turn around and say, he'll lead you if you let them and that's what I'm trying to tell somebody God wants to lead you you just got to follow him and that's what our prayer needs to be today Lord lead me guide me along the way for if you lead me I shall not stray Lord let me walk each day with thee lead me oh Lord lead me Bible says that Caleb was hallelujah. The Bible says that Caleb was loyal to God and he followed him holy while, while, while the other spies saw giants, Caleb saw God. While the others represent, uh, representative saw opposition, Caleb saw an opportunity. While the majority saw a problem, Caleb saw the promise. While the others saw a challenge and a circumstance, Caleb saw the creator of the heavens and the earth. And all brothers and sisters, they had great giants 
and a little God but Caleb had a big God and a little giant and old brothers and sisters if you're going to follow God it's got to be wholeheartedly you got to be all in with the right perspective you can't you can't be here today and gone tomorrow you got to put your all in God and old brothers and sisters your pro, your perspective matters when when God has your heart you walk different you talk different and all brothers and sisters knowing that God will lead you to some places that seem like it's unconventional sometimes he'll lead you to a fiery furnace sometimes he'll lead you to a lion's tent sometimes but if he has your heart hallelujah but if he has your heart you'll go into the fiery furnace but, but if God has your heart, you'll go. You'll go to the fiery furnace and say, listen, listen. If God can take, can, can take care of Jesus on the cross, he can take care of me in the furnace. Listen, if God has your heart, you'll say, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not, we're not careful to answer you. Even if God don't, he's able. Hallelujah. I'm about to... About to run now because God got my heart had it a long time. And, and, and brothers and sisters, uh, listen, when God has your heart, brothers and sisters, listen, you, you can be in the in valley of the shadow of death, but your response will be, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. Your rod and your staff comforts me. When God has your heart, you'll say, I said I wasn't going to say his name no more, but it's just like fire shut up in my when he got your heart church I'm done I'm done I promise I'm tired and y'all are too hear this my my, my my dog I have a dog his name is Buddy I love Buddy Buddy's my dog because I have Buddy I have no privacy in my home. You don't believe me. If I'm in the kitchen, <laughs> there's Buddy. If I'm in the living room, there's Buddy. In the bedroom, there's Buddy. Buddy follows me. Follow me this morning. Follow, I mean, follows me. I'm walking Buddy this week. I'm walking him without a leash. The lady asks me, she says, how can you follow you? How, how can you walk your dog without a leash? I said, uh, I said that's easy. Buddy's, buddy, but, buddy follows me. He, he's loyal. She said, but how can you, how can you lead him without a leash? Why, how does he follow? I said, oh, my voice is the leash. I, I don't need a leash because when I say come here. My, my voice is the leash. She said, well, how do you know he's not going to run off from you? I said, oh, no, Buddy's loyal to me. She said, well, how do you know that? I said, I feed Buddy. I take care of Buddy. Matter of fact, I clothe Buddy. You ought to see him in Halloween. I, 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 listen, Buddy got his own couch way so he can stay off of my couch. He, Listen, listen, matter of fact, I walk with Buddy. I talk with Buddy. I tell Buddy that, that he's my own and the joy that me and Buddy share. None has ever known. The problem is we got people who want to follow God 
But my question is, who's going to follow God like Buddy follows me? Following God in every room. Following God if he leads you to a lion's den. Following God if he leads you to a fiery furnace. Following God because some of us will get to the door and say, God, my trip starts here. The subscription is ended. But I need somebody to know that, listen, I'm going to have a buddy anointed. I'm going to follow God as long as he leads me. So, so, so thirdly, you, you've got to claim God's promise and your victory. The Bible says that Caleb followed God with the wholeness of heart. He possessed the boldness to claim the victory and promise of God. Caleb tells Joshua, he says, give me this mountain. I'm in old age now, but give me this mountain. Yeah, it's going to require for me to put some effort into it, but give me this mountain. I, I know, I know it's, it's going to take some strength. But give me this mountain. I know I'm 85 years old now. But I've been with God. So give me this mountain. Caleb shows us that a person who has faith in God. Is a person who has strength in God. No brothers and sisters. The Bible tells us that Joshua consented. And the Bible says that Caleb went forth to claim his inheritance. I'm done now. But all I'm trying to tell you is Caleb shows us. uh, That his life is an object lesson stands for one who has trusted in God and because he has followed God in his youth he could claim the promises of God in old age no brothers and sisters that's what a life without regrets looks like the easiest way to get something from God is to deserve it Uh, because God promised him some 45 years ago that he would see Canaan land and get the victory. But, 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 but that's what I like about it because Caleb at his old age remembered the promise of God. And somebody here is maybe asking, why did Caleb wait so long? And how did Caleb uh, keep holding on? It was because he had a word from God. And I, that's what I'm trying to leave somebody here with. Uh, don't, don't discourage uh, yourself because it's not happening right now. Uh, if you live uh, a life that's pleasing to God, uh, his promises do not expire. Uh, have I got a witness? Uh, and that's why John uh, 15 and 7 says, uh, if you abide in me uh, and my words in you, uh, you shall ask what you will uh, and it's shall be done. What I'm trying to tell you is Caleb had a guarantee from God. Yes, he did. And he was ready to claim the promise. Oh, brothers and sisters. And I'm here to tell you, if you live now a life that pleases God, you can claim your victory. So that's what I close the day with. Saying I'm living a life without regret. And because I'm living this life, following him holy. Yeah, giving him all of me. I stand here today able to say victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, go get thee behind. Oh, today, victory is mine. 
brothers and sisters I'm pressing forward now but I've got evidence I got confidence I am a conqueror I know that I win I know who I am God wrote it in his plan yeah my name is my name is victory look at the neighbor and say neighbor my name is my name is victory God gave me the authority to conquer my enemy he wrote it my destiny my name is victory I have already come I've already won my name is his name is victory yes you know why I got it this morning because one Friday one Friday they mocked him they beat him they bruised him they battled him he died yes he died but that's not how the story ends three days later he rose again and all brothers and sisters he claimed victory yes he did so if you want it go and get it with no regrets pay your tithes now so you have victory in your finances love your neighbor now so you have victory in your relationships devote yourself now so that you can have what you need later forgive people now so you can have victory in your fellowship serve God now so you can have happiness and splendor later take care of your body now so you can have victory in your health later find your passion now so you can have joy later study hard now so you can have victory in your opportunities later free yourself from the past now so you can have victory in your future be a disciple now so that we can be victorious in the kingdom of God start praying now so that you can have victory and clarity with God but then go on and devote your life to Jesus now so that some glad morning yeah when this life is over we can fly away and you'll have victory in your final destination and I'm closing the book now but that's the last victory I'm waiting on I'm waiting for when the Lord shall crack the sky Yes, from labor, labor to reward. I'm closing now, but I'm looking for somebody who not only want to be the minority. I'm looking for somebody who not only want to trust them wholeheartedly. I'm looking for somebody who wants to claim, claim your victory one glad morning when this life is over I'll fly fly away that's victory no more darkness no more pain no more sickness no more lying no more scandalizing I'm gonna live now so no regrets later who's living to live again who's to live again my old preacher would say are you ready
Are you ready to live again? So live now so you won't have regrets later. Shout yeah! Shout yeah! Shout yeah!